who would win in a fight between John Wick, Mad Max, and the cast of The Raid? That's what we're here to fight. Well, it's going to be the cast of The Raid, isn't it? Well, there's loads of them. Hello and welcome to The Screen Test. My name's Jack Howard. I'm joined, as always, by the chief film critic at The Independent, Clarice Lockery, one third of the cyber nerds, Joe Akimwin. And this week, we're joined by BBC Radio 1's film critic, Ali Plom. Hello. And here's how this show works. Three films go up against each other. We put them through a series of rounds, including cast, memorable scene, cultural impact, and then based on your arguments, I get to decide which one is best. And if anyone dares challenge me, I challenge you to a John Wick-style fight to the death. That's as intimidating as I get. (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) Look, I enjoy some good cerebral art house cinema as much as the next guy. But also, sometimes I just want to watch people fight and things explode. You know, I'm only human. And right now on Prime Video, you've got things like John Wick Chapter 2. Whoever comes, I'll kill them. as well as Man on Fire, Point Break, which I watched recently, and that film is batshit insane, and I loved it. But what is the best action movie ever made? Well, that's what we're here to find out. So, what have you chosen for your definitive action movie? Ali, we'll come to you first. You're the guest. Well, I've brought John Wick because when you want a job done, and you want it done quickly, John Wick is your man. He does have an unusual form of currency, but if you've got the gold coins that he likes, really efficient, no questions asked. Joe, what have you brought? I've gone with the Indonesian action thriller, The Raid 2. Interesting. Because this isn't, you know, it's, it's not as bad as Rocky 4, but, because I like The Raid 2, <laughs> but The Raid was right there, and you've gone for The Raid 2, so I'll be interested to see why later on in the show. Clarice, what have you brought? Uh, I brought just, like, the best movie, period. <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road. And that's our show, everybody. Clarice is the winner. Clarice, take the award. There you go. (laughs) Um, I will just preface this by saying uh, this movie means that I share something in common with Bong Joon-ho, director of uh, Parasite, because I saw an interview where he described the fact that he started crying while watching this just because the movie was so good and so beautiful. And I also remember just crying halfway through, about a third of the way into the movie when I realised I didn't deserve it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) What did I do to deserve this? Genuinely, I was like, I don't know what I've done in my life to deserve this gift. (laughs) (laughs) Like, George Miller, you've been too kind to me. Let's jump in with cast straight away uh, and let's come to you, Ali, and talk about John Wick himself, Keanu Reeves. Right, so first person you need to bring up is Keanu Reeves. And the defence rests, so um, if anybody else wants to have their turn, they're more than welcome. Yep, that's it. <laughs> that's a fair point. It, yeah, just, Tom, sorry, you, you do I need stick, to... You're going to leave it there? Keanu Reeves? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm done here. Uh, no, you've got loads of great names in here. Willem Dafoe, Michael Nyquist, you've got... Um, who else? Oh, yes, the man with the most punchable face yep. in TV and cinema. Yep. Lily Allen's brother, Alfie Allen. <laughs> Now, the movie has to do a couple of really big things. Like, you have to justify 80-plus really brutal headshots, essentially, of the course of about 90 minutes. And to do that, you need his wife to pass away. Then the dog that he was given by his deceased wife to be killed to justify all of this murder. And just the icing on the cake is casting Alfie Allen because he is so good at being so hateable. What a wonderful, like reversal of save the cat like how do we make this guy so so hateable we'll have him kill a dog it's like a movie mm. curse you do not kill the dog and just to be and clear, it's a puppy I it's a puppy yeah. it's, a, it's not just a dog it's a, a little puppy. cute puppy yappy fluffy when i last rewatched it i think i'm right in saying that the nearly dead puppy actually crawls towards john and then dies yeah, oh, he that's what wakes happens. Up. Yeah, he wakes up with the oh. little puppy corpse. And yeah, I thought it was like looking there. into the little dead puppy eyes. Just and as if, look, the cast is amazing. You don't need to go. You don't need me to go on about it. But our I man, do. It's part of the round. Our man John Wick, Keanu Reeves was nearly fifty when he shot this first film. Nearly fifty. Mm-hmm. Seven hours, eight hours a day. Have you seen those training videos of when he's doing like range work? Yeah. 
it is unstoppable. You're just mesmerized by his skill. And for somebody to be so good at this sort of gun foo, which is this whole new thing, really, that he does so well, the movie would not work without him. He's an incredible charisma machine and such a good martial arts stunt performer. There's no one else like him. And yeah. I think that's why I made my little joke of <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I think that Keanu as well is comparable to someone like Tom Cruise. And yet Tom Cruise gets spoken about all the time, obviously, because he clearly wants to die in a spectacular way. But Keanu is about the same age and putting in the exact same amount of like energy and effort. Does he even have a stunt double? Keanu Reeves, does he do everything himself? I'm sure here and there he'll have a couple, if only for insurance reasons. But I think you can see, in Tom Cruise's defense, a bit of this sort of thing in Collateral, where he has the sort of gun training. Mm -hmm. But where Tom Cruise is leaping off a building, he's not doing extended, choreographed, minute-long wide shot. The whole room, you're seeing the dance as it unfolds. This is its own thing. This is the kind of action movie that embarrasses other action movies, which Taken style, cut, 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 cut. Yeah. All the mistakes, all the errors, hiding the wires and the lighting. This can have a whole nightclub sequence, which we'll get onto later, where you're seeing it all unfold. I mean, from what I gather, they only had so many stuntmen. So they'd be killed, like shot in the head, and then have to roll across the floor, run out the door, and come round the back because he was killing so many people in one like giant sequence. Pretty sure I've like, already killed you. I'm a new guy. I'm no. a different guy. The, the directors actually say that you can tell when you watch an action movie like this one that the first scenes shot first are the ones where they have big beards and lots of hair because the next scene, they've cut off the beard. Yep. And scene after that, they're bald. So there's this one scene, I think, in the third film where it's this massive, like, ballroom-type... Um, it's like in a Roman place, like... And they're all bald, totally clean-shaven, and that's because they shot it last. That is amazing. I, yeah, I think you're right as well that, like, this came at a time when action movies were becoming a little bit like... It had been post-The Bourne movies, so everyone was doing that quick cut, shaky cam, like you said, taken thing. And this, I remember seeing this and being like, oh, Keanu Reeves is doing it. Because he hadn't had a lot of great stuff recently. And then this happened. I remember seeing the poster and being like, who cares? And then you obviously see it and it's absolutely incredible. Again, can I tell you the plot one more time? How does this movie work as well as it does? And I think it's all because of Keanu. He can sell the, my wife's just died, tears going down his face. And then later totally losing his chill and saying, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. <laughs> and also what I find really interesting about John Wick is he was very actively involved in the screenwriting process because the second he came on board, he looked at the script and said, I love this, it has so much potential, but... I need the world to be built up. And I think the reason why so many of the supporting characters are, are really interesting and, and memorable in their own way is because of Keanu, because he sat down and was like, right, let's give everyone their moment to shine. And with Ian McShane and you've got Lance as well, as well as Keanu himself, you've got three of the best voiced men in the business. Everyone's just cool. Everyone's gruff. So <laughs> cool. You've got the ties and the knowing nods. Everything is super cool. And they cast so well, top to bottom, people they actually know and love. Even the vet guy who helps sew them up about halfway through is also the key master from The Matrix. Oh, it's and, and uh, Peter Sarafanovich as uh, the guy who gives him his guns. In the sequel, yeah. When he is has... that in the sequel? I thought that might have been in the first one as well. Peter, but... Peter, and then they've got the... Anyway, I'm just going to give you a bonus point for Peter Sarafanovich anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> I think the whole gun-fu thing that Keanu Reeves did was, was massive, but I think what they do in the raid with getting real martial artists to perform. Yes, yes. So the main actor in the raid is Eco Weiss. Basically, Gareth Evans finds this guy in like just a regular gym, thinks he's super charismatic, and then signs him to a five-year deal to work with him. And then that's when they come out with the raid one and two. And... I want to go back to Jack saying that this is almost <laughs> as bad as Rocky Four. It's not yeah, as bad as Rocky please. Four. You said, oh, I said almost. You said almost, so take, I said almost. Take him but down. Destroy him. <laughs> for me, the first movie is what John Wick is like trying to be. I feel like Eco is super legit. Like he was working in a um, in a phone company and he just got picked up, and you can just see how talented he is. And I'm not even a person who's into subtitled movies at all. I try to avoid them at all costs. Um, you shouldn't do that. 
I Jack, I'm learning and I'm <laughs> I'm I'm changing my ways. I'm here fighting for the Ray 2 right now. Okay. You get me? So um and I just feel like this movie kind of like just transcends the whole having to read and watch at the same time. I know. Yeah. I'm, I love movies, innit? It's, so it's, it's, that. Because it, it, I've only watched The Raid 2 recently before doing this because I'd only ever seen The Raid 1. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. The guy who's the main villain in the first one, who's back in the second one. Mad Dog, yeah. Yeah. I thought he died in the first one. He did, but he's not the same character. Right. He's oh. playing someone else. Okay. Because they couldn't get someone who had that level of ability to right. just recast, like that would and have been he impossible. And him and Eco were also the stunt choreographers, right? Yeah. On the, they so did. that he was like, well, you're here anyways, so just yeah. play a new role. Yeah, so gotcha. he was, he's basically acting, stunt man, fight choreographer, and a martial artist. Like, I mean, I know, I know Keanu Reeves at 50 trained very hard, <laughs> but this guy's been doing it his whole life. And we're still working at a phone company, I mean. Look, I don't want to undermine Eco. He's an incredible talent that can backflip off this wall five times before I could sip some water. He's incredible. And probably beat John Wick. Oh, yeah. No, I think think in a fight, I would admit John Wick would probably eventually get got by Eco. But he does not have the screen presence. He does not have the charm, the dynamism, the whole it's Keanu vibe. He's an incredible martial artist. He has a certain screen presence, but he cannot convey the emotion as well as, dare I say it, Keanu Reeves. I mean, if they killed a puppy in the raid <laughs> two, I'm sure he could have got to that level. I think he could have cried. They skipped that part. And that's why I bring it back to the characters in the raid showing up in John Wick's final movie because they are the final boss if we're talking about <laughs> assassins and murdering people. You like if you, It's like a seal of approval. Like That's when John Wick actually got his verification badge when he beat the two guys from the raid <laughs> at the end of, this, of his own trilogy. He killed a guy with a pencil. Three guys with a pencil. That's the Joker did he, that as well. That, you know what I'm saying? We've seen it. I feel like, I feel like Jason Bourne did like, you know, it's, it's old news. Did, have you seen The Curved Knives? Oh, oh, messed up, the, messed up. There you go. There's a guy in the raid two who kills someone with a baseball bat, and he keeps. That's such a Bond villain thing to me. Like, I love that he keeps hitting the ball and then saying, "Throw me back the ball." I just love that. And um, hammer. I love Hammer Girl. Hammer Girl's she's the just, truth. She yeah. turns up. She's like, "I got two hammers." <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from my memorable scenes. That moment. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that. Who's we'll got two hammers? I just said I love care. her and her um, two, her two hammers. But speaking of. Simplistic plots with an expansive world. Drive. <laughs> Clarice, let's talk about the cast of Mad Max Fury Road. I mean, Charlie's Theron just... I mean, yeah, tap the mic. Charlie's Theron, yeah. Hello? <laughs> and I think, I don't know, I guess, could we all agree that this is her best role? And definitely, I think, her most iconic, the one that she's going to be remembered for, because, like, Furiosa is just straight up one of the best female characters in action period like not just because of like her physical toughness and that grit and that drive to survive but also because she's able to balance that with like the emotional arc of Furiosa's character which is this really devastating this devastating realization that everything she's fought for, she goes on this big drive to the green place and then discovers that the green place doesn't exist anymore. It's everything that she's ever hoped for. It's gone. And the way that she plays that moment, you know, when she drops down to her knees in the sand and screams, not only just a beautiful shot, but Mm -hmm. also beautifully acted, even though it's like, you know, wide frame, uh, I just But that's 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 even more impressive, I think, because you can still see all that emotion in her performance, even exactly. in a super wide frame when all the sand is blowing and it's like such a yeah, a beautifully constructed image, but really at the, the center thing, of it is her emotion. Like with with these performances and, and Tom Hardy as well, it is such an action driven film, so there's not a huge amount of dialogue. I mean, George Miller basically wrote the script as a comic book. Like, he, it wasn't a traditional script. It was just like a comic book of his, what it's going to look like. And so I, I think you have to get incredibly, incredibly talented actors to be able to take such a minimal amount of dialogue and interaction. And also when the characters, the characters say things that are sort of like not really what they want to say in the moment, but are loaded with an intense amount of meaning. And then to get, you know, Charlize Theron and, and Tom Hardy to, to build up this entire relationship throughout the film up to the point that 
I really love the moment right at the end where Max just tells her his name. And it seems like such a simple thing just to be like, oh yeah, my name's Max, by the way. But the way that he says it, I it's love like, that moment. it's so loaded because for the entire film is about these two people who have no reason to trust each other and no reason to help each other either. Like growing together and learning to grow together. Like he's learning how to be like a great feminist ally. And by the end, he's like, I've cracked it. What you do is you just help out and then you stand back, which is exactly what he does. And I, I love that for Max. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I love him. as well that it's a movie that essentially is the whole movie is that it's like a, mm. a Trojan horse of you think this is a Mad Max movie, but actually you're coming into it via him when actually it's all about this stuff. Yeah. Which is what would men, what made the men on the internet quite angry. Yeah. I hear about, I they hear got, that there are some mad. men who get angry <laughs> on the mad. internet about things. Cause they thought it was a Mad Max movie and then boom, feminism <laughs> hit them in the face. And recastings <laughs> often don't really work all the time, but here I think completely appropriate and also an improvement would we say on on mad max i think i mean they're, they're kind of different characters mm. almost i mean they're only max by name and certainly this character is only max by name but i think what tom hardy does with it is just perfect it's like exactly what was needed for that film is this sort of quite feral <laughs> mumbly just very feral at the beginning <laughs> but never but never sinister that's the thing it's like you spend the the first half of the movie like kind of scared of him but not really scared of him because you know deep down he isn't he isn't the thing that he comes across as and so that's what over the course of the film comes out is like oh here's the true max who you know is a good guy <laughs> he's just been very broken by the world cuz Everybody's mad in the world of Mad Max. Apparently as well, just um, looking at a fact from the film, Tom Hardy only has 63 lines in the film. Does that include grunting? <laughs> so, so just to be clear, John Wick kills more people than Tom Hardy has lines in Mad Max Fury Road. That's amazing. That's really amazing. But the things that he says are golden, though. And Tom Hardy didn't believe in it either. Like, he's gone on record yeah. being like, I didn't trust it. He had to apologize. He, yeah, he did. He was yeah. like, I was rude to you, George Miller, and I'm sorry, which, you know. And it seems like a really just unpleasant thing, because I think it was nine months. I think Zoe Kravitz was talking about it was, it was nine months of filming, and, like, you didn't go back to the hotel at the end of the day. It wasn't like you got off set and you got to go back to a normal life. They were just in the desert for nine months, and she said, like, yeah, by the end of production, everyone had gone a little bit mad, like, in the movie. So the, And she was saying, well, it worked, because you kind of needed people to go through that experience to deliver these, like, very raw authentic performances because like the characters are having a bad time and the actors are also having a bad time so <laughs> it all works okay so that brings us to the end of the first round you've all picked incredible movies so this is going to be incredibly difficult for me the entire time you i mean i'm going to give top marks to mad max fury road because i think it's uh, an inc the how simplistic that movie is and uh, you know it's deceivingly simplistic because it's incredibly complicated in how it was actually produced. And the fact that at the center of it are characters that I really feel like I understand and know and care about by the end. Oh, and also I just want to shout out Please. Hugh Keysburn, who uh, sadly is no longer with us, but he was also, mm. he was a Morton Joe and Toe Cutter. So to do double duty in the Mad Max franchise yeah. and to be great both times, just shout out to him. And he's so evil. So I'm going to give uh, three points to Clarice. I am going to give two points to, to John Wick because I think that the choreography and the charisma, but you also get a bonus point as well for Peter Sarafanovich, who's Here not in go. this movie, Here but just because Peter Sarafanovich. <laughs> uh, I was going to Joe, I'm going to give... Jack's at it again. I'm so sorry, Joe, but I mean, you've won the last four shows. That, that, don't judge me on what... <laughs> <laughs> for winning... But, 
I, I, I think deserve a trophy at some point. Too. You gave John Wick the points for choreography. Well, I'm just, and it's not, it's, it's the fact that he does the choreography and the charisma. And I, I agree with what Ali said that I don't think that the guys in the raid are quite as charismatic in between the action scenes, which is why I think the raid two isn't as good as the raid one. Okay, and now let's go on to memorable scene. Who wants to start? Who's got the most memorable scene? Jump in. All of them in Fury Road. <laughs> just all of them. They're so good. I mean, it's hard because Fury Road is kind of like two very long seats. Yep. <laughs> like there it's the scene again. of them going there and then the seat go back. <laughs> I think if I had to pick one, I would say the trip back because what I love about that is the kind of interconnectedness of it because you have finally everyone's working together and you also have the the group of many mothers they've joined in and they're fighting and so you're seeing this sort of it's so intricate the way that they all they all help each other they're like grabbing guns off each other they're throwing each other onto other cars <laughs> to, to um help out and and also just the combination of all the the stunts in that. I mean, they they made a hundred and fifty cars for it, and eighty eight survived because <laughs> they blew up a lot of cars. That's more than that I movie. would have expected. It's a lot, and I think that's the thing you don't even really process it while watching the film. But if you think about it, you have like the main war rig, you have the war boys and Immortan Joe coming, and then you also have the bullet farmers and Gastown. So that's like four different sets of vehicles that are all colliding in one moment and and all just flipping over each other and blowing up. <laughs> and and so much of this being on camera stunts. I Steven Soderbergh I had a great quote about this movie. Who I'm was just going like, to give you a bonus point immediately for just bringing up <laughs> Steven Soderbergh. Thank you. But he had a great quote where he said, I, I can't believe, A, that they're not still filming this, and B, <laughs> that hundreds of people are not dead. Because it is really, I think, I find it hard to process the stunt work in Fury Road because we're so used to CGI at this point and everything just being CGI and we don't really think about the actual like physicality and mechanics of it. I think we most of the time just assume it must be fake. It must be. And there are a lot of effects. There's 2,000 effect shots in Fury Road, but most of it is just them like removing wires. Adding and, like, smoke. Yeah, adding smoke, like erasing little bits like the actual like body of the stud work was all real and happened and people did that and no one died and yeah. i don't understand i think the if i were going to pick a memorable scene the one that comes to mind is the first fight between max and furiosa when he's tied to uh nicholas holt and she's trying to hit him with a mm. I, I don't know what she's got she's got like she's some sort wrench. of uh, is it a wrench? Yeah, it's a huge wrench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's using it as a shield and things like that. And the way that George Miller, there's been a lot spoken about how he's directed this movie and keeping most things center of the frame so that your eye can follow very, very easily the action. By every time it cuts, you're still in, your eye is still in the center of the frame rather than moving around. <laughs> he slowed down. The, f the frame rate changes. That's yeah. why it looks so like jerky and weird. And the reason he did it is just like, I just wanted to go slower so people could see what was happening. Yeah, and sometimes it goes faster. Sometimes he just sometimes, speeds it up yeah. and cuts frames out and things like that. But that first fight scene is one of the most beautifully choreographed fight scenes I think I've seen in recent memory. It, and it's all just based in character as well, the mm. entire time. And then the conclusion to that fight as well. Like, it, it, it just incredible stuff, all of it. Going yeah. back to the CGI, I think it's impressive that when there is a moment where you know it's CGI, it really stands out in Mad Max. So when the rig flips in the canyon, you go, oh, yeah, that didn't really happen because mm -hmm. the rest of it, 99% of it, has all been real. I think it did. The one at the very end where they... But there are some parts of it where right. you can see... Something flipped in yeah, real life. For sure. <laughs> and you've got like, the steering wheel and stuff that comes towards camera. Yes, that is definitely CGI. And you go, that's the first time I've had that feeling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's amazing to have that, what, that far through the movie and for it to be so notable. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Mad Max is a glorious work of art. Mm -hmm. I think if, if there's any of these that I'd like to see in the cinema again. It's John Wick. Well, go on. Well, look, talk about standout scenes. You, you talk about that fight. I'm sure it's great. I kind of remember it myself. No, of course I do. <laughs> um, 
No, there are loads of great standout scenes from this movie. I admit, and I'm going to say this up front, an in-the-rain slug match between an old dude in a suit and a slightly less old dude in a suit maybe wasn't the ending they originally wanted, but the rest of it is an extremely beautiful choreographed ballet of death, of bullets. <laughs> I've mentioned the nightclub scene, but it bears just bringing up again. And let's talk about the humour one more time. They put the guys in the red circle club in red shirts because they are secret star trek fans and thought well Great. they're in red shirts gotta get them gone it's just beautiful to see how they position the camera how they let basically keanu reeves off the leash and have at it he trained for weeks and weeks and weeks and seeing almost like a domino where they've set it all up and they just watch it go i really enjoy the world we've talked about that before but having this kind of this could really exist in New York. There really could be this dark underworld, this assassins, almost like kind of Greek myth, sticks river type world with a, with this continental, like I really enjoy all the world and the way they shoot it. But that nightclub sequence is outstanding. When John Wick falls on his back on the floor, speaking of CGI, slightly there, you feel it. There's that crunch when you watch things in the cinema and you care about a character so much and they hurt, you hurt. And I love that moment. Is that the, the bit where they end up... Um, first of all, I'm going to give you a bonus point for bringing up that fun fact about the, the red shirts. It's true. I didn't know that. It's really true. That's great. Um, Joe is upset with the amount of bonus points. He's really upset. <laughs> You've got, you'll have your chance. Wait, just um, mention Steven Soderbergh again. <laughs> I, I heard that Steven now. Soderbergh has seen this film, but he didn't... <laughs> what he said wasn't written down. That's all I want to say. Sure. What sure. I do love about John Wick is all the things you said, but yeah. they're all just done better in The Raid. Um, I feel like if we're talking about memorable scenes, I've got a couple. The police yard brawl in the mud, in the mud I think, yeah. is just amazing. Like movies like Bit The Dark Knight well. Rises, mud wrestling. Yes, people talk about it for actually having. Is it 1971? What? It's like jelly fighting. Really? Sometimes my brain says things, and then it's, I say it before I've realised I shouldn't say things. Look, who doesn't love a bit of prison mud fight? Yeah, right? Brutal, bone-crunching, skull-cracking death in a pile of mud. Yeah. That's, that's my cup of tea. Sorry, <laughs> Joe, I was distracting own. from your point. No, I shouldn't cool. shame, it's fine. There's that scene anyway, but um, I love that scene just because it's where Eco is trying to get the trust of... Um, the the um, the boss the mob boss's son and he goes out and he protects him when he doesn't have to and like movies like The Dark Knight Rises gets credits for having three hundred people just run into each other and them actually being there but the Ray does this with real martial artists and everyone not just the main characters are in like high level fights and there's also there's guns involved and shooting and I just feel like it's just it's choreographed amazingly mm -hmm. from like every direction and it's like they never keep you in one place they're always like spinning you around and you're following it and then you get taken off into some other fight that means nothing but there's so much savagery happening here you just want to be part of it there's Achilles tendons being ripped out <sighs> next thrones being it is like, so, uh, the amount of times I go uh, when watching the raid films and that's, I can't I just, count and I just love that about it. I mean, this like theme just goes all the way through the movie when we're talking about the Hammer Girl stuff. I think she's so gangster in the movie. She comes through and it's like, you just know what time it is. Like, you just know what time it is when, when you've got When she's fire. on that train and she's just got those two hammers and it's just all those other guys waiting for her. I'm like, the, the first thing that came to my head was like, this is me versus my like anxiety. <laughs> 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 two hammers <laughs> <laughs> but I also there's a lot of stuff in the well first of all we need to acknowledge something we haven't spoken about yet which is that the raid movies are directed by a Welsh guy called Gareth, Gareth Evans, Evans which I, is I just such a funny earlier. you did I mentioned him can I get my bonus point that you alright you can get a bonus point for, for Gareth Evans being had to ask for it. Yeah, it's, Listen, it's, at look, this it's point, desperate, but it's I already, fine. I already know where this, where this <laughs> no, episode's you don't, going. You don't because Gareth Evans. <laughs> it's, it's funny that a Welsh guy is directing this martial arts movie. That is just a funny fact. But the way that he directs it 
is just beautiful. What? Like, there's a real marriage between all the imagery, like the way he cuts between. You can tell he's got the whole the whole thing planned in his head so yeah. that he knows that shot is going to cut to that shot. So I'll move the camera that way or I'll move that person that way. There's a real blend of the imagery. It's gorgeous. I mean, what I don't understand why you think it's weird because like, I feel like he just gets action. He's also done. Well, he I just think it's weird show. that like, it's a I mean, Welsh yeah, guy he, directing he, this. Is it a can? It, it's um, Indonesian. Indonesian, that's yeah. it. Um, but he's also just finished. I'll give you a bonus point there for saving my ass. Thank you. He's also finished just doing uh, <laughs> Gangs of London, where I don't know if any of you guys have watched that, but that show is like super legit and the action on there is is high level as well. I just feel like he has got a next level understanding of action, fight scenes, and then, yeah, he's, he, I just think he's, he's amazing. And I'm surprised that he's not involved in more movies that have action. Like if you yeah. threw him in, with the John Wick stuff for like John Wick 4, just to help out, maybe not to direct the whole thing. Like it would take John Wick to the next level, the level that John Wick is trying to be on, which well, is the raid level. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something that you're not going to like, right? Probably. So we all love cake, right? For example, sure, we love cake. Mm. I feel like the raid is the perfect amount of cake. I think the raid 2, way too much of a good thing. It's just unstoppable, unending, Unrelenting, Action. deathy, death. I, I blood think, everywhere. I, I, I know what Hammers, you're saying. hooks, blood, mud. It it's, is unrelenting. Sometimes I watch that movie and go, can you give me a break? Can I watch this in the cinema? Pause, walk around the block, then come back at it because it is brutal. I'm just full up. Comes from the guy who was just gloating about John Wick having a higher body count than... <laughs> But there are breaks lines. in between. There are little moments I, where he has no, a conversation. In that hour and, and a half movie, John Wick, there's no breaks. They give you the 10 minutes of, there of, are breaks. of plot at the beginning, and then the rest is just but headshots. Also, but again, an hour and a half is perfect. The raid two is yeah, an two and a half hours. hours. It's and two and a half my, hours. That's and there my are, problem. There are I don't actual breaks in it for the non charismatic. <laughs> charismatic um, plot that you said that you didn't enjoy it's, it's like, there oh, yeah, as well this is happening oh cars now um, I think as well like the difference what's interesting is is the movies we've picked like John Wick Raid 1 and Fury Road yeah like the way that the plots are structured they all have a very strict forward momentum I know Fury Road they go there and they turn back but still <laughs> and plot I think twist. that a plot twist um like that really, really shapes how those movies move because it's an A to B destination. Yep. And so there's always this sense of, of drive and pace and you know where you're going. Got to get here. Yeah, I think like I, I really love The Raid 2 and I think I think its individual action sequences are better than The Raid. That might be a I controversial don't think thing so. to say. I think, that the, I think there's more variety in The Raid 1 where they're, like, they're using different elements of cinema, like the tension True. when he's behind the wall and things like that. Whereas The Raid 2... All good, all incredibly impressive, but Too a lot cake. of it is very similar fights. She's got hammers, though. She's got hammers. <laughs> She's got <laughs> hammers. He's got a baseball bat. They use guns. Look, they what have I'm saying is it's a, lot of, it's a lot of fighting. I, I wonder, am I being silly for thinking that it's funny that the Welsh guy is directing the Indi Indonesian movie? When I saw it, I was shocked, but... I kind of got it because it's like if he's potentially not getting the opportunities that he yeah. wants where he's at, you would go somewhere else. And then I just feel like he, I, I, I love it because he you you couldn't tell that he's Welsh from watching it, and <laughs> he gets it so well. So do you like, not remember I don't, the scene I don't where they all drink funny. a pint of brains and then <laughs> go play rugby? Do you not remember that? Oh, was that a deleted scene? I just feel, I feel like he gets it, and that's the most important part. I think we need to shout out his wife, who is uh, I think half Japanese, half Indonesian, and she was the person that introduced Gareth to this world. To and we need to shout out the martial art itself. I think it's called Silat. Peng is Pengkak Silat. There we go. And sure it's kind of like a school of martial arts that is unique i suppose in being almost like a mixed martial art it does so much it's both weaponry throws it's the lot i mean i'm not an expert so i'm going to get this entirely wrong but that individual school of martial arts and also gareth's other half are worth mentioning uh, in of themselves well let's bring it to the end of the round actually <laughs> you've already got two bonus points joe one for mentioning gareth evans earlier than i did and also one for saving my ass by saying it's an Indonesian film. Um, but I'm going to give... I'm only going to give you one point, though, Joe. I'm sorry. 
out of memorable scenes. <laughs> I, I just, I've got something against the raid <laughs> two. I don't think it's as good as the. I think you've made a poor choice from the start by like, picking the raid two. Do you need an intermission to walk around the block? <laughs> I'm not. I enjoy cake. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of that one, you've you've got three points in that round, Joe, because of the two bonus points. I don't want to make you too, feel too bad. Sorry, I'm. Good. I'm going to give Mad Max Fury Road the top marks because. As as you rightly said, Clarice, the whole thing is a memorable scene. Ugh. I also now just realised, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, but the plot is not dissimilar to Tenet, where they go to a place and then reverse and go back again. <laughs> Wait, yes and no. Tenet, they don't get to the place and they're like, oh, the place sucks. Let's go back. <laughs> That's the plot of Euro. They go somewhere, they turn up, they're like, oh, it sucks, actually. Let's go back. So it's it's the same plot as me going to the off-license and discovering it's shut. Yeah. That's the Basically, same plot. Yeah. It is that. It's that story. Oh, Do you relate holiday. to it now? Damn it. Uh, but you also got a bonus point for bringing up Steven Soderbergh. And then, Ali, obviously, you end up with the, the one in the middle. I think that John Wick... Uh, has some amazing scenes but i think what kind of lets john wick down is some of the visual effects like they feel a little bit like you're talking about the blood splatter out of the, yeah the iMovie type yeah. blood effects it is an indie it was made for Absolutely. no money and was kind of picked up after the fact i think it's a miracle that it exists at all and it was all done on the cheap because you have the talent involved the stunt team you've got keanu but i agree some of the blood splatter is a shame yeah but otherwise it's able to exist because they could actually do so much of it. And because of the blank system in the guns, they weren't actually ejecting wads. So there was no damage. You could do fire a blank close to someone's head. And having that technology has allowed them to make these movies. Are you looking for another bonus point? Always. Okay. I'll give you one more for that. Because wow. I think that was a good fact, which Thanks means so that at the end of that round, you've just got, because you had a bonus point for the red shirts fact, mm -hmm. and now another bonus point for that. So at the moment... The leaderboard looks like this. Mad Max Fury Road and John Wick have seven points each, and The Raid 2 has four points. So there's still room, and obviously I'm feeling very generous today with my bonus points, so by all <laughs> means, like try and impress even further when we talk about the cultural impact of these movies. I'm going to come to Clarice first, because I, I think that's where my brain is at, is mm. that this movie seems to have had the greatest effect on the way that cinema is being made now. Although Ali seems to immediately disagree. I mean, honestly, good luck trying to find another movie that sees what George Miller's doing in Mad Max Fury Road and goes, I want to do it that way. Yeah, I don't think there's not been a lot of imitators. I feel like the massive cultural legacy of it is in the way that studios are starting to treat their directors. So I think, so just to clarify what I'm saying, because I don't want that to get lost, I don't mean in terms of imitating the film itself. I mean in terms of like who your main characters are, like what the themes are. I feel like that was, that was a movie that went, we're secretly going to make it about this type of thing rather than making it what you think oh, it's going to be. Oh, the women's is Yeah, the women's. The women's is The women's is <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't reach out Okay, because I kind of have two separate points then. I think certainly, yes, 2015, I mean, 2015 just as a year, I think was chronologically when things started to change in terms of women and film and women on screen. I mean, you're also getting, you know, Force Awakens and Ray turning up and being great. Um, but I think, yeah, I think specifically with Fur Furiosa and Charlize's performance had a massive effect in terms, of, in terms of that, what she achieved, that sort of toughness and the fragility at the same time and, and making people realise, oh, right, okay, you can write a female character who's really tough and able and strong and she doesn't have to be just like a dude yeah <laughs> just like you know like oh she's just one of the guys like Fur furiosa is very much like has her own thing going on she has her own concerns she like her whole storyline is driven by like a care and a desire to help other women and and i think i didn't mention it but i think the wives are also really beautifully written and one of my favorite bit is when Rosie Huntington Whiteley, um, Furiosa is about to get shot by Morton Joe and she swings the door open with her big pregnant belly. Talk about a memorable scene. Yeah, there's just so many, it was hard to choose. <laughs> like, I think little moments like that 
Hollywood has certainly paid attention to and go, oh, yeah, people want these stories. People want these stories about things that aren't just like women being tough and cool. It's complex stories and complex emotions and and things like, you know, Captain Marvel and Birds of Prey, and you see the way that the women are written in that, and you go, oh, yeah, they're really relatable. It's not, it's not a one-note thing. And I think the other cultural impact of Fury Road is I've noticed that more and more since that film came out, studios are quite interested in like the idea of the or the auteur director, like making these big franchise movies. I don't know if it's fully just because of Fury Road. I think it's had some impact, but I'm thinking of like Blade Runner mm-hmm. 2049. Like I don't know if that movie would have been made without Fury Road, specifically Fury Road getting nominated for 10 Oscars, which I haven't mentioned yet, but um, that being such a... I have now. (laughs) Um, The fact that it it sort of came out of nowhere in terms of getting all this critical success, even though it actually wasn't a huge, huge box office success. It kind of lost money, but hey. Uh, The fact that it then went on to, to get all this adulation at the Oscars, I think a lot of studios started going ooh, okay, like, we want that. We want that kind of recognition. And so if you look at, like, what Marvel's doing since 2015 and getting things like Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther and going, right, we want things that have a really distinctive vision to them that when we sell the movie, we can also sell the director's vision to some extent. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. (laughs) I've got to be honest with you. I maintain that I think studios and the people who green light things look at that movie and go, what a beautiful miracle. I'm so glad I wasn't involved in any way. Do not ape it in That's any fashion true. because <laughs> it was a hot mess that came good. It's lightning in a bottle. Sorry, yeah. it's lightning in a bottle, but I can't replicate it. I, I understand what you're saying. But yeah, they've gone like, how can we replicate this, but like without safely. the financial risk? <laughs> Shooting it where? How about in a warehouse in Sydney rather than in the Namibian desert? Yeah, that's certainly true that I think. But that's a sign of like a lot of... Cowards. These sort of like flash in the pan like masterpiece movies is that everything leading up to it was just like a shit show. (laughs) And somehow there's a great, there's some great quotes from George Miller being like, I don't know how this worked out. I don't know how it managed to be so good. I was hoping it would be good. I also just can't believe it's the same person who made Happy Feet. Yeah, it's like Gladiator. They pick in the city. He's just a very talented man. Because those movies are great. We love George Miller. And probably bankrolled his own personal money. Like he invested in this movie himself. Hmm. If it weren't for Happy Feet, you wouldn't get Furiosa. Yeah. In many ways, it's the action movie we love and adore. And I think... One other thing, so I haven't mentioned that Margaret Siskel did the editing. She also happens to be George Miller's wife, which is like he knew that she would be perfect for this because she has such an incredible eye for detail and that's why the the movie works. I think some of that pace as well has turned up in a lot of movies since. I mean, it's hard because like you could also credit it to The Raid and John Wick also having that influence, but the the sort of um, very relentless high-octane energy i think keeps cropping up now and stuff so choose fury road (laughs) i don't know how you try to steal that clarice but um i don't know i feel like the cultural impact of the raid hasn't been huge in transforming like cinema as a whole but i definitely do know that like once like the raid was out so many movies and studios like would mention oh this guy from the raid is going to be involved yep. with this and this is going to be and the raid and it's how like, disappointing was it when the guys from the raid show up, up in star wars, wars and, and they don't do anything, do anything. Talk. yeah what I, what was the point of that uh, they didn't about, get like it. the most disappointing things from yeah. the new star wars that's it i tell you in which franchise they do deliver oh <laughs> I think I think Ali's about to just the steal <laughs> the raid. It's just yeah, the raid. They <laughs> deliver <laughs> in the raid. No, yeah, obviously they turn up in the John Wick. So I'm just saying. Yeah, you that's know. because you lot were struggling for ideas and <laughs> was like, let's go to the franchise oh, that we've been stealing everything from, uh-huh. which is the raid. Like, come mm-hmm. on, I, I, I started the show with that, and I didn't get a bonus point, but it's fine. Doubling down. 
But, Can I just um, say, Jack, if you think that's one of the things that Star Wars fans are still complaining about with the new Star Wars no, movie, I don't you, think are, it is. you are living in a rarefied I think era. it should be. Oh, right. <laughs> Ali, what do you think the cultural impact of John Wick is? I mean, it's really hard to overstate. So many different studios, companies, production houses have been going, right, we want to do a John Wick. Yeah. I mean, so much so that you've seen the two directors. I know only one was credited, but that's because of like union rules and the DGA. Yep. But both... Chad and David had gone on to do loads of other things. Well, actually, combining yours and Clarissa's, I think that there's a combination of both where David Leach directed her in Atomic Blonde. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Atomic Blonde is, I think, has one of the best fight sequences mm-hmm. of the 21st century. That stairwell fight is absolutely extraordinary. And it is a direct, let's be honest, clone of the John Wick format. But the fact that this is happening over and over shows just the legacy this film has. And then we're seeing a fourth and fifth film. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something to be aware of. Because John Wick is Hong Kong action cinema. So I feel like that's the influence of, of John Wick, is like this entire uh, decade's worth of movies and, and bringing that to the US, which I think is also kind of what The Raid does. It takes the, the Indonesian tradition of martial arts and brings it to the US. So I, I think... I think that's the thing. I, I, I don't know if one is directly contributing to the other because they were both sort of doing their own thing. It just, it's just that they kind of came at, the, at a similar time. And I think at a similar time when, when Western cinema was also being, becoming more and more conscious of, of you know, international cinema and other forms of action that mm-hmm. aren't just Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> with a gun. <laughs> I love that movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger with a gun. I think more people should have seen it. (laughs) Why did nobody pick that one? I know, right. Um, Okay, I'm going to bring this to a close. I'm going to give, without much thought, I'm just going to follow instinct, much like John Wick. Uh, I'm going to give John Wick full marks for that because I think that there is clearly direct impact that we're seeing even today with how much the directors are doing, how much th- that type of um, that type of action is wanted in other things, like people want Gun that sort of, yeah, Gun yeah, Fu they want is, it. They, they try and make that in so yeah. many different movies now, and like Black getting Widow. them to do Deadpool two, and then basically getting them to do John Wick, but with Hobbs and Shaw, yeah, 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 yeah. All of that stuff is basically, can we get the guys who did John Wick to do this? Um, and it's then like I'm when you give, drop the rock on a franchise, you're dropping the John Wick guys on it. And then I'm going to give. Um, Two points to Mad Max Fury Road <gasps> and one point to The Raid 2. Like I said be before, so awkward when you're having a coffee together one. later. Well, no, <laughs> I don't drink coffee. We don't talk <laughs> outside of the show. Look, I've lost a lot of these, so I deserve to do okay once. <laughs> yeah, well, you've picked the right movie. Um, okay, so at the end of that, oh no, what have I done? Oh, God, this is a complete accident. But right now, Mad Max Fury Road is not at the top where I think it deserves to be. John Wick is at the top with 10 points, (sighs) followed by Mad Max Fury Road with 9 points, and the Raid 2 is not 5 Mediocre. So. (laughs) Mediocre. I I have done that completely by accident. That's that's me being chaotic with bonus points, not really keeping track. I should point out I'm doing a quote from the movie. I'm not genuinely calling mediocre. No, I get it a lot. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's something I'm used to. I should point out, if anyone hasn't seen this film it's a quote i thought the masks when i'm walking down the street would stop it but no still happens (laughs) we have one round to go and it's where i don't have any control anymore well this is where john wick will fall over so what happens happens um it's the imdb rating so what do we think is going to be top and bottom where do we think things are going to land i think it's going to be Mad Max, John Wick, The Raid 2. Okay, anybody got any any other theories? I think it's The Raid 2, Mad Max, John Wick. No because way. I think the people that watch really? The Raid nope. and The Raid 2 are the kind of people that are going to really vote it 10 no. on IMDb. Mad Max is going to be number one. It, Mad Max yeah. uh, it would be is going to be like one of the highest rated movies on IMDb for sure. Hey, that's my guess. What about I you, Clarice? I think Mad Max... The Raid 2, then John Wick. John Wick's okay, definitely We've all lost. got very different nah. predictions. Okay, let's find out then. Uh, Alexa, tell me the IMDb rating for John Wick. John Wick has an IMDb rating of 7.4 out of 10. Oh, yeah. Maybe it is lost. 7.4. 
That's not going to be hard to beat, is it? Yeah, it's going to be uh, destroyed by the other two. They're in eights for sure. Okay. Alexa, tell me the IMDb rating for The Raid 2. The film The Raid 2 has an IMDb rating of 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. So it blew John Wick out of the water. I just realised, did Fury Road, did it get review bombed? Because of the angry men that we've (laughs) spoken about. The angry men. (laughs) (laughs) Not be eternal in Valhalla, for sure. (laughs) I think you're still going to win it. I think you're right. Do you think it's going to be 8? I think it's going to be eight. I think it's going it to have like eight it's points. Like eight, eight, three, eight, eight, Unless four. there's been shenanigans. Well, let's find out. Alexa, tell me the IMDb rating for Mad Max Fury Road. Mad Max Fury Road has an IMDb rating of 8.1 out of 10. By a hair, 8.1 out of 10. At least Alexa knows that <laughs> the raid's better than John Wick. Hey. <laughs> <sighs> But so, not as good as Fury Road. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. When I watched, us... I watched Fury Road again the other day, and I was just like, "This shit is so good. Yeah, it's mad. Yeah, it's it is a masterpiece." And so, quite rightfully, ooh, I'm so worried that I messed this up. <laughs> but Mad Max Fury Road wins with 12 <laughs> points. John Wick is uh, second place with 11 points, and The Raid Two has got seven points. If you'd picked The Raid, Joe, maybe it would have gone differently. It would. But Clarice. <laughs> Is this the first time you've won the screen test? No, no it's no. not. First time for a while. For a while. Okay, thank you for bringing that well, up. I just, I just wanted to, you know, just make sure that you were enjoying the moment. I saw I you were happy and I wanted to undermine that. <laughs> I didn't mean to I undermine you at all. I the moment very much. But I'm going to give you the award now. As always, yes. through time and space. Uh, oh, lovely. Oh my God, that was amazing. <laughs> what a lovely day. What a lovely day. <laughs> Can I just. Me. I, me. I am really impressed. I managed to talk my way into second place for John Wick. I am genuinely. I'm so sorry. Raid 2, I thought, was going to be number two for sure. <laughs> no, I've clearly just got it in for it. It's Jack two and a half Jack hours. Me. It doesn't need to be. Um, but. I do think it's incredibly impressive. I don't want to undermine any of the talent in that movie. Holy crap. Like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just think on, on an enjoyment level, I, I think that sometimes it's sort of, it's indulging itself a bit more than I would. I'll say, I'll say this about The Raid 2. It's an incredible movie that I wish more people would have seen, but it's also a film that I'm nervous about suggesting to people because they'll be like, <laughs> it's way too much. Whereas Mad Max will recommend to anybody and everybody. Um, I'd be concerned if someone didn't like it. I know people. there are people out there who don't like it, and I'm sure they're lovely people, but also... <laughs> they're wrong. Like, come on! <laughs> yeah. So that means that Mad Max Fury Road has officially beat out the competition to take the mantle of the best action movie ever. And if you need your action movie fix, Prime Video is locked and loaded with plenty of classics to get you started. Like Crank High Voltage, The Accountant, Shooter, Man on Fire, and of course... John Wick Chapter 2. And next week, we're going to decide what the best video game adaptation is with Elle's The Witch. So join us then. Thank you for joining us today. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>